انك لا تهدي من احببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء Assalamu alaikum tolaiz John Fontaine just before we begin the podcast please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications please support on the Patreon account Jazakallah khair assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Bismillahir rahmanir rahim alhamdulillahir rabbil alamin wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah assalamu alaikum welcome to the young smiths podcast I have a good friend of mine, Jamal Omar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. How's it going? Alhamdulillah. Jamal Omar from the America. Yes. The United States of America. Yes. Now you're living in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. For, for how long have you been here? Almost ten years. Almost ten years I've been really? here. Really? Yeah. Subhanallah, I didn't think it was that long. Yeah, almost ten years. Wow. Yeah. So you're like a local now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been accustomed to the Saudi traditions. Yes. <laughs> so, how's it going? Can't complain. Uh, you know, it's uh, everyone's well. Be- everyone's well. Best place to be. You know, mm-hmm. can't complain at all. So we're here in Medina. For anyone who doesn't know, yeah. and uh, you actually live in Taif. Yep, I, I live in Taif, the city of roses. Yeah, yeah. very beautiful place. Mashallah. Yeah. So, how did you come to Islam? And, I'd like to just go a bit into your story, learn some, you know, go through some of the lessons that... Sure. Um, well, uh, after high school, I uh, joined the U.S. Navy, um, did my four years in the U.S. Navy. Uh, my last duty station was in uh, Washington, D.C. I used to do the ceremonies when dignitaries used to come. So I'd be the one holding the gun or the staff or the flag, yeah. you know, when people would come from, say, Saudi Arabia or other countries. So um, um, I used to drink a lot of alcohol at this time. So on the weekends to support my alcohol habit, I would make extra money working in the clubs mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. So um, what ended up happening is uh, most of the clubs were filled with Muslims, from specifically from North Africa, mm-hmm. from uh, Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco. What type of clubs are these? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> anyhow. Um, it, it was interesting because even even the club yeah. owners were Muslim right. that, that owned the clubs there. So uh, during the month of Ramadan, what would happen is the clubs became empty, and I couldn't figure out why. You know, this happened to me. <laughs> you know, I used to go, I used to go to Africa a lot. Yeah, yeah. I would never go in Ramadan because the clubs would be empty. Yeah, it was it was boring. It was boring, huh? Yeah. So I mean, there's only a handful of people that are inside these clubs. Um, so I was like, what's going on? So I call up my friends and. I'm like, what's going on? Why aren't you at the club? Why aren't you doing what we normally do on the weekend? They said, this month our God has told us to not drink alcohol. So, uh, so uh, we have to be in the masjid. Only this month. We have to pray <laughs> in this month. And I'm like going, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. So for one month, you guys stop drinking alcohol. You stop doing drugs. Mm. You stop chasing after women. You stop, you stop doing all of these things that you do for one whole month. And you stand in the front lines and pray. I, I said... Either you are the craziest people on the planet, or you're the most strongest people. As a, and it, this just kind of boggled my mind. But it piqued my curiosity, and uh, I went down to the library and got a copy of the Quran, and I started reading it. And of course, like most Americans, we're going to read a book from the front to the back. So I started with Fatiha, of course, the opening chapter of the Quran, and then uh, came to Surah Baqarah, which is the second chapter of the Quran. And this is all the do's and the don'ts in Islam. Is all outlined in Surah Baqarah. Mm-hmm. 
And so then I come across the, uh, you're not supposed to drink, you're not supposed to gamble and that. <laughs> but I didn't see any during the month of Ramadan in there. So I'm like, wait a minute. I said, something's wrong. You're supposed to never do this, not only during Ramadan. And so what ended up happening is I started giving like da'wah, calling them back to Islam. And they said, you know our religion better than us. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting. And then anyway, I ended up becoming Muslim. How long did it take for the, um, for your search? Basically, it took me two Ramadans of this happening. Um, and I, I had enough contact with Muslims during this time. Uh, me growing up as a kid, I, I, I never met any Muslims. Like in the, the, the town that I grew up was a small little farm town in Michigan. And uh, I didn't know any Muslims. I didn't even know what Islam was. I, I mean, this is... And, and I just happened to stumble across some Muslims I used to drink in that. And I ended up becoming Muslim. The first person in my family to become Muslim. SubhanAllah. Yeah. It was Subhanallah. interesting. So you're from a Christian background. Yeah, so my, my adoptive family, because I was adopted when I was younger, mm. uh, they raised us as Roman Catholic. So I was in the traditions of Roman Catholicism. Um, I remember when my grandmother had passed away. Um, I'd actually been Muslim for maybe six, seven years. And so I showed up uh, to her funeral, and I'm wearing the thobe, the traditional thobe, oh. and I have this long beard and that. And all of the people at the, thing, at the funeral said, oh, it's Jesus is here. <laughs> and I said, wow. So this, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how long have you been a Muslim now? Uh, wow, uh, not over 20 years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, sure been a while. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So Alhamdulillah, how is it living in Saudi Arabia? Is this the first Muslim country you traveled to? Uh, I've to? been to other Muslim countries, but this is the uh, first Muslim country that uh, I, I've stayed a long period of time. Mm. You know, I've been here, been to countries maybe uh, a couple months, you know, visitation. Mm. Uh, Malaysia, been to uh, Morocco, you know, Northern Africa, Egypt. But uh, it didn't stay long, you know, it's just yeah. like visitation for a holiday. Yeah. Uh, but actually settling here and living in a place, uh, Saudi Arabia is the first and inshallah, hopefully the last. Uh, uh, I enjoy living here, so. Inshallah. Yeah. So, so since being a Muslim, uh, you, you've been doing a bit of dawah as well you've been active in dawah so um mashallah yeah uh, you can tell us a bit about that alhamdulillah uh for a long time in in the united states uh i was very passionate about uh, calling people to islam i wanted mm. everyone to know about islam and so i spent a lot of time going around and uh, lecturing and teaching muslims how to actually talk to people about islam mm. um I, I did some work with yusuf estes i did mm. some work with uh, many different organizations across mm -hmm. the United States. And then um, I'd finished my uh, bachelor's degree and my master's degree. And, uh, you know, uh, in America, school is very expensive. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the, the goal was to come to Saudi Arabia, finish paying off my debt. Um, alhamdulillah, in, in the 10 years that I've been here, I've paid off all my debt. And now, you know, Alhamdulillah. Can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream in a deen. Yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah. Can't complain. Just pass by Medina and Mecca now and then, whenever you like. Inshallah. Whenever I like, I just hop in the car and go to Mecca, Medina, do Umrah, go visit the Prophet, convey everyone's salam to him. You know, I know a lot of people in the West uh, who live in Saudi, generally they choose Riyadh. Mm -hmm. Mecca or Medina if they're studying and, and Jeddah yeah. but I don't know many people in Taif okay so uh, how do I want to say this so um, I do some contracting work with uh, the Saudi government um, mm. specifically with the military mm. 
Mm. Um, I go ahead and I uh, set up their programs to learn the English language in mm. order to do further training inside of America, inside of Britain, mm. uh, inside of Australia. And so all of, our, all of my students and that, they have to have a certain level of English. Mm. So um, I, I manage about 100 teachers from the West um, that actually help these students, these mm. uh, military officers, uh, go ahead and learn enough English in order to further their studies and their training. So um, I manage those, uh, those programs, which uh, the majority of the bases uh, for all of the armed forces in the military for Saudi Arabia are located in uh, Taif, Saudi Arabia. Mm. Uh, one of the reasons is strategically it's located in the mountains. Mm. The mountain range goes all the way down from, well, basically from Tabuk all the way down to in Yemen, mm. down Jazan, uh, Najran, all of that. Mm. So it's a one mountain, mountain range that goes even through Mecca. Mm. Mecca and Medina. So I mean, mm. this whole range goes. It's a it's a large mountain range, and and of course, you know, um, uh, Ibn Abbas. Uh, may Allah be pleased with him. Uh, this is where his final resting place was. Okay. Um, he used to live outside of Mecca, and he is buried inside of Taif. And uh, he used to teach the people of Taif uh, about the religion. And so mm. there, Taif is one of the places where I mean, memorization of the Quran for both males mm. and females is huge. I mean, I mean, they take pride in, in yeah. actually memorizing the Quran. So. I mean, this dates back to when the Prophet yeah, yeah. went to Taif. Yeah, and then he and got stoned yeah. and the whole story. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, subhanAllah. It's Maybe you can remind us about the story, you know. So the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he wanted to call the people specifically, uh, yeah. th there were the tribes of the Quraysh, they had farms that were up in Taif. And to this day, there are farms throughout Taif. Mm -hmm. um, they have nice wadis there, or like uh, basically valleys in between the mountains. They have water. Mm -hmm. And so they grow a lot of fruits and vegetables and all of this stuff mm -hmm. up there. They have local markets where you can buy all this stuff. Um, and so the Prophet ﷺ, he went up there to call these people to Islam. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is that the people that were the owners of the farms up there ended up paying the children to go ahead and stone him. Yes. And so, uh, subhanAllah. Um, you know, the angel came to him and said, listen, just give us the order and we'll destroy these people. And the Prophet ﷺ, because of the rahmah that he had for humanity, said, no, don't do it. May Allah make their descendants Muslim. And to this day, I mean, all of them are Muslim there. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like I said, they're the carriers of the Quran. Yeah. I mean, they were taught. It's known as a place for scholars as well. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt. And like, like I said, Ibn Abbas. Uh, I mean, he set up shop I there. Knew, I never knew Ibn Abbas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, and it's interesting. And of course, Ibn Abbas is, is one of the companions. He was one of the young companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he, the Prophet, also made du'a for him specifically. Yes, specifically. You know, that he'd be have knowledge and understanding of the, of yeah. the religion. And even so, some of the ulama, uh, some of the current ulama that are still with us and a blessing to us here in Saudi Arabia like for example uh, Sheikh Fauzan mm. uh, may Allah be pleased with him and mm. keep him alive as long as possible to give mm. us this ilm um, he comes up there in the summertime and he gives dars and he's always talking about Tawheed and uh, Aqidah and I mean mm. these are the subjects that he wants mm. to stick on and he told me he went to the local masjid once and there was this old man in front of you and yeah Subhanallah. I mean, you never know the blessings that you have here in Saudi Arabia. I mean, you, you walk into a, you walk into a masjid and that, and you, you like think you that, do. Yeah, you think this old man is just sitting there, and then the next thing you know, he's giving a lecture about the importance of aqidah, about tawhid, about calling people to Islam, and and very simple. He talks in eloquent Arabic, and it's very simple that even if you're not that good at Arabic, you you understand it. 
And, and it's amazing because, uh, I mean, we, we have access to all of this stuff right here. And, and, there's, and the funny thing about the ulama here is like, you don't even realize they're ulama. I mean, because they're very humble. And I, I mean, they're, they're just like your grandfather, like sitting right next to you. I mean, it's a, the most Mashallah. amazing thing. Yeah. Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Beautiful, yeah. 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 You know, just to be able to just drive up to Medina, drive up to you know, do yeah. an Umrah. Alhamdulillah. So yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've uh, met you a few times here now. I met you yeah. in Riyadh, met you in Medina, yep. and we actually got the the opportunity to uh, meet each other on Hajj as well. Yeah, Mashallah, that was great. Alhamdulillah for Hajj TV. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. And, um, I want to take this opportunity to remember a brother that we both know, Brother Yusuf. Yes. Um, from Australia. Um, brother Yusuf was a brother which we both knew, no. uh, a good friend of both 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 of ours, and um, he sadly passed away uh, yes. last month. And uh, may Allah make it easy for his family, for his mother and his wife and children. I mean, but you know, I, I just want to mention the brother. I mean, my experience with this brother, he had a big effect on me. I had the intention to drive up to Riyadh while I'm here in Medina mm. to visit him, and then I found out he'd passed away. Yeah. Um, but he was one of the most beautiful brothers, uh, great manners. He yes. really implemented, you know, the knowledge that he learned and studied. He was yeah. a student of Hadith. He's uh, a PhD student as well yep. on Hadith. And, um, you know, I know you had similar experience with him as well. Every single, every single person that he came into contact, he touched in the same way. Um, and... He was devoted to his family, but he was more devoted in understanding and knowledge of the religion. And you, he, as you had said, the, I mean, his, his adab and his akhlaq was immaccable. I, I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't matter who you are, what level of ilm you're at, yeah. I mean, how much you know, he made you feel like you knew everything. Yeah. He, he was like a good it's friend to you. And amazing, and uh, I mean, I was shocked when I when I saw it because not e not even a couple of days before that, when I found out about it, my 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 wife had said to me, he said, "Hey, have you contacted Brother Yusuf and his family? When are they going to come to Umrah again?" And I said, "Subhanallah!" I, I cried mm. because you know, here's a brother. He used to love to come to Umrah. He used to love to bring his kids and teach yes. them about Islam and teach them about Jabal al Nur about the cave of Hira, about all of the things about Islam that are dear mm. to him, he used to teach his kids. Mm. And here this brother has passed away. Allah may Allah have mercy upon him. He's went back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he can no longer take the one thing in the, in the world that mm. even the Prophet wasallam loved, which was going to visit Mecca, to do Umrah. Mm. To, to do these things. Yeah. This, this in the dunya, this is what we should love yeah. to do. I think you, you met him a, a, quite a few times. Yeah. I only met him one, one well, like for, for Hajj, basically. Mm -hmm. And, 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 well, twice, actually. I went, I went to visit him in Riyadh after the Hajj, and I, I stayed in his house with him. He invited me to his house. Um, but I don't know, he just had this effect where you, you just feel close to him. You, mm. you feel like he's a long-lost friend, which you've never, you know, you, you've known him for years. You're right. Of course, and, and it, it was shocking. I, 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 I was just coming out of Masjid Kuba, yeah. and I looked at my phone, and, and I, I literally stumbled. I, was, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like, Subhanallah, uh, yeah. at, at first, when I saw it, I thought they were talking about somebody, some other Yusuf. Hmm? Subhanallah. And then when I seen his face, I was like, I, I, same thing. I had the same effect. Um, yeah. and, and when him and his family would come to do Umrah, they would come and stay at my house. 
His kids mm. would stay there. And then, yeah, subhanAllah. Mm. I, I mean, it, it reminds us that, you know, your age, you know, sometimes we think we're, we have more time yeah. to do things. And sometimes we put off things. Yeah. Okay? And, and really, we're living on borrowed time. Yeah. None of us know the time when it's going to happen. But yeah. it's inevitable. Yeah. We're all going to die, and we're all going to return mm. to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the first thing that came into my head. I yeah. thought, I was making dua, Allah, Allah, please allow me to finish such and such projects. You know, the, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm serious, it's the same. You know, it's the famous, the thing about this is your ambition in mm. life, you yeah. know, and this is the reality of your life. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. without you, a doubt. You're not going to fulfill all your goals and desires. And, um, you know, it's, as you said, it's a good reminder to take life seriously. Yeah, You know, and uh, without a doubt. SubhanAllah. May Allah grant him fadafs and may Allah Ameen. make it easy for his family and children. Ameen. And um, what I'm going to do as well um, on the on the description of the video, I'm going to put the the link where they've been fundraising to support and aid his family as well. So you're welcome to donate and support. And and, support and one of the things about this, we should always, whenever we have like friends or something that have mm -hmm. passed away and have returned to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, number one, we should make du'a for them and their family. Mm. Number two, we have to remember that their family now doesn't have their provider. Mm. You now have orphans in that. Yes. And you get the ajr so of this, of helping them out. Think about that. Yeah. And, and, and listen, and, mm. I, and I'll tell you a story. Look, the, I had an employee that was working with me. I've known him for a long period of time. Um, and uh, subhanAllah, he, all of a sudden one day he didn't feel well. He went to the doctor, had a heart attack and died. I knew that his uh, last wish was to be married in Mecca. Mecca. So what I did, I went and I buried him in Mecca, in, in the graveyard of the Shuahadat, there in, in Mecca. Anyhow, he left behind his families and his kids, okay, and they had nobody to support him. And I was able to convince the brothers and actually the kafir, the person that was in charge of our company, to pay his salary out for a whole entire year. So for a whole entire year, I was splitting his salary up between his families. Okay, Mashallah. and taking care of them and making sure that they were taken care of for a whole entire year after he was gone. Send him to Senegal, send him to Kenya, send him to America. You, you understand? And and this is a something that we should do because we we all should make dua that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala provides somebody that can help yeah. out our families when we're gone because yeah. we can prepare and we can plan as yeah. much as we want to, yeah. but the reality is we can't plan enough. Subhanallah. And, and, and that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So, and then it, that's when the community has to step in and support yeah, yeah. each other. Yeah, and, and that's something that is difficulty, especially in the West. In the West, that, that, mm. that's more difficult to happen. Mm. Everybody gets uh, caught up in the life and stuff like yeah. that, and they're not helping one another out. And that's a big problem in the West. And may, may Allah rectify this affair, mm. inshallah. Amen, amen. Yeah, big, big reminders. Uh, <laughs> Alhamdulillah. You know, and, and, and you know, I always keep. You can't go by without mentioning. You're always mentioning COVID here, COVID there. Mm. But everyone has, has, has usually, you know, knows somebody who's been affected by COVID, mm. and people who have passed away. And it's a big reminder. I mean, I've said it before. You know, even even my parents have started thinking about death, and yeah. you know, it's that's the reality. I mean, it's, it wakes people up. To yeah. Start, start thinking about their their life. Yeah, and you think about what you have done. Mm. I mean. Have I, have I lived my life to the fullest? Mm. Have I done all I can, can do? Have yeah. I wasted time? Have I wasted money? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, I, I mean, traveled to um, Uhud this morning. Mm -hmm. um, I took my friend and his grandparents. Mm -hmm. They'd never been before. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, especially from, 
from the West, uh, different communities. You know, some people take the opinion women shouldn't go to the graveyards. You know, there's a mm. few opinions regarding that. So a lot of people have never visited a graveyard before. Mm. A lot of women. And uh, this old lady, you know, just seeing the graveyard for the first time, it has an effect. Yes, you know, it's about it like, You know, it's like, whoa. You know, it's, uh, it's a reminder. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's a huge reminder. And, um, you know, just thinking about the history of Islam, uh, you know, and yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah. Wakes you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I first came to Islam, a brother took me to the to the first first janazah. Mm -hmm. um, I think it I think it was the first actual funeral I'd ever ever been to. Yeah. And I just burst out crying. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know. <laughs> it's I, a I, big re reminder. I remember the first body I washed. Hmm. Well, I, and, I, and I recommend every single Muslim male, okay to go and visit the graveyards and to be involved in the janazah process. Yeah. Because really, when, when you sit there and you have your brother you knew, okay, and you're sitting there and you have two pieces of white cloth and you're washing their body and you're putting camphor and you're putting oud and you're putting perfume and you're perfuming the body and you're wrapping them up for their final destination which is going to be in the grave. Mm. It, it makes you think about things in a total different way. Wow. Yeah, you start to prioritize, listen, my family is more important, you know, job, all of this stuff, it means nothing, okay? You start to prioritize yeah. what is important in life. I need to work on memorizing more Quran. I need, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you start thinking about yeah. this stuff, why am I, I, I need to fix this stuff, you understand? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I recommend all the brothers and stuff to actually take part in that, even if you're in the West. Because we have, we have brothers and sisters that die all of the time, and, and there's somebody that has to go ahead and prepare them for the Islamic yeah. burial. So uh, yeah. it's probably one of the most beneficial things that a Muslim can do. Well, well, yeah. No, I've never, I've never washed a body. Yeah. Um, and the, of course, the reward for attending the janazah, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a, a mountain, yes. you know, a mountain of yeah, yeah. and reward, and, and following it to the uh, mm -hmm. to the grave as well is like another uh, reward. I mean, you saw the, the funeral of Sheikh Salah Luhadain. May Allah have mercy upon him. I didn't see you were telling me. Yeah, the big scholar. Thousands of people. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's almost 100 years old. Yeah. And uh, I, mean, I mean... One of the major scholars of our time, right? In Riyadh, Masjid al-Raji is probably yeah. one of the largest masjids in Riyadh. And uh, the masjid was packed. Outside was packed. All of the streets all the way down the block were packed all the way up mm -hmm. to the city. And, and I mean, there had to have been at least at least 70,000 people there. I, I mean, it was huge. Uh, um, may Allah have mercy upon him. And, 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 and it goes to show you that if, if Allah loves someone, then Allah makes the earth and everything in it love that person also. And so may, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we die, may, may, may everything that's in the earth and that love us as Allah loves us. May we all Amen. fall into this category. Amen. Inshallah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Subhanallah, it requires a lot of work. Yes, yeah. sacrifice. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Big sacrifice, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how was you before Islam? Uh, oh, you know, we, we, just before we, you know, you were talking about this, this, these clubs, and yeah, before yeah. the podcast, we were talking about non-alcoholic Jack Daniels, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. I mean, how did it change your life? Ah, uh, Subhanallah. You know, one of the hardest things to do in the the Dawah game is to call your family members or friends that knew you in a state of jahiliyyah in that state. Um, if 
you were in a state of ignorance. I had no guidance. I had no nothing. I just followed whatever my nafs told me. So uh, I would drink. I would do drugs. I would do whatever I felt like doing. Rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll. There was, there was no rules to this yeah. situation. Now, I later found out after being Muslim for, for, for quite a while that, that I was just self-medicating issues that I had. And it took me a long time as being a Muslim to actually get rid of those and actually confront those issues and fix them. And um, sometimes when I would go to my parents or, or friends that I had in the past when they knew me in Jahiliyyah, and they would see the new person that I became because of Islam, mm -hmm. okay? And they're like, who are you? Like, a, it was like a total different person. Um, you know, even the humility and the mercy that I would have for people, even if they were not good people, um, it, it confused them, you understand? Because they knew me back in the day. Um, now, new people, it's easy How to do it. How would you describe yourself back in the day? <laughs> to be honest with you? Because you're I, always this friendly, I, you know. I, you know, you're a very friendly person. You, you, you're very easy to, uh, very approachable. There you know, are, you, you're always speaking to everyone, greeting everyone. There are some things that are fitra, yeah. that are part of your character, that, that, that are hardwired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. I can't imagine you. But there are some things, there are some things, okay, that, that are learned behaviors. And, and it's these learned behaviors, okay, that we learn either from our tribe, our, our, our culture, or whatever it is that are detrimental to you as a human being. Mm -hmm. So um, realizing what that was, okay, and removing all that stuff, it still changed you. Like, I, re I remember going out to even like the clubs and stuff back in the day, and I, I would go ahead and buy everybody drinks, and I would, you understand, this was just the type of person I was. Like I said, it, that part was hardwired, Yeah. okay? But, you know, the understanding of what my purpose in life is, what I need to do, uh, what, why am I wasting my time with this? Why am I self-medicating? I had to learn what all this was. You, you understand? Yeah. And then removing all of that, it took time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why like, uh, when new people come to Islam, I said, listen, accept this part, that Allah is one and that Muhammad is the messenger of God, okay? and then work on all the other stuff. Mm. Once you've done all of that, yeah. that's, the, that's the hard yeah. part. A lot of people try and perfect themselves before the shahada. And you can't. Yeah. You can't. Listen, even, even as a Muslim, it took me at least, at least 10, 15 years. And there's certain parts that I still am learning. And I've been Muslim for 20, 20 plus years. Um, so it's a daily thing and it's a reflection. And you, you start to build your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a different way. Hmm. Okay? Um, and as you keep on going, um, you keep on adjusting as you're going along. And you're going to make mistakes along the way. Yeah. And, and uh, alhamdulillah, Allah has given us a, a way to deal with these mistakes. Um, if, you, if you don't mind me asking, sure. um, you said you was adopted. Yep. So, I mean, how was it being adopted? Uh, did you know you was adopted? Uh, how did they react to you, your conversion to Islam? So, I was adopted uh, when I was uh, three years old and my brother was two. Okay. Mm. Um, fortunately, my adoptive parents and that allowed us to have contact with our biological mother for a long period of time. Um, and our, my biological father, he had moved somewhere else, so we had lost contact for a long time. Um, when I became Muslim, when I became Muslim though, I wanted to find them. Mm. So um, I found my mother. 
Um, I, I still to this day I can't find my father. Yeah, um, my my adoptive parents, my mother and father, both passed away. I I was calling into Islam for over twenty years, and they all passed away. And before accepting Islam, um, there were parts that they were close on, but then there. You know, it's kind of like you hear the story about uh, the Prophet ﷺ, he wanted his uncle to yeah. become Muslim, okay? And he just yeah. couldn't get over this thing, well, what will the people think of me? Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And he was thinking about the ancestors and the ways of the old, yeah. and, and this, was, this was my yeah. parents. And, yeah. and, and they agreed with everything that I said, they agreed with all of the da'wah I was giving them and that, but they couldn't just get past this cultural thing that was holding yeah. them there. And, you know, I'm, I used to make dua for them and, you know, finally I had to come to, a, to an understanding that it, it's not us that guides people to Islam, but it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. You know, and, and there's people that, like for example, I was heading down the path towards the people of the hellfire and then Allah plucked me off of there. Yeah. I, it wasn't of my own doing, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. interesting when we look yes. on this stuff. Yeah. yeah. SubhanAllah, interesting, you know, it's... Uh, you know, you, you, we've mentioned Taif, we've mentioned death, you know, the death of family members. And this yeah. is, reminds me of the year of sadness. Yes. Of the Prophet Sallallahu where, you know, in, in that one year, mm -hmm. he had the incident of Taif. Yep. You know, it's just very humiliating, you know, very difficult being yep. rejected by the people. And also losing the two most important people in his life at the time, which was his uncle. Yep. Who was not only supporting him, but also uh, supporting Islam, even yeah. though he was a non-Muslim. Correct. And then his wife, yeah. beloved wife Khadija, passed away as well. Mm. So all these kind of tests and reminders, you know, just kind of reminded us, you yeah. know, that even though, you know, it's it, test after test after test, you know, and that's why they call it the year of sadness. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been going through a couple of years of COVID. People have been depressed. People have lost family yeah. members. They've lost jobs. You know, but know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Correct. You know, and the most important thing is, you need to find a deen. You need to find the, the correct religion. Well, how do we worship our Creator? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, even if, even if you look at uh, some of the non-Muslim communities around the world, um, you can see that they're highly effective by what has been going on in the last couple of years with the, the way that people have managed the pandemic. Um, the way with the vaccine, vaccine rollout, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories and all of this stuff. Anyhow, you can see that the general populace of humanity, okay, is struggling with this. Um, and you can see depression, you can see uh, suicide is increasing. You, you can see a lot of the issues that are happening with humanity that's kind of coming to a boil here. Yeah. And, and uh, the one thing that you don't see highlighted is that Islam, no matter how bad it gets, we've all, whether we've lost a loved one to COVID or uh, whether it's something else, say cancer or something like that, we've accepted death. We've accepted that this is a reality, that this is going to happen. E even our good friend Yusuf, may Allah have mercy upon him. Yeah. I mean, we didn't expect that to happen, yeah. but we accepted it. It could happen to any one of us. I mean, uh, we could do this podcast right here, and tomorrow I, I could be gone, or tomorrow you could be gone, and yeah. and you know, and, and we we never know when that time goes. Mm -hmm. um, I, I sometimes reflect and think about if I didn't have Islam, where would I be, and what would my state be in? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to manage all this stuff. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I mean, I was managing students in that that kept on getting wave and wave after wave of COVID, getting my staff sick and all of this stuff. And I had to sit there and manage it all and mitigate it like I'm the health department. Mm. You, you understand? And it was stressful at times. You, you understand? Yeah. So, um, but I kept on re reminding myself with, with my five daily prayers, okay, mm. what I need to do. And it balanced me back out so I could focus, you know? So, um, so I, Do you travel back to the States often? Um, I haven't traveled back to the States in a while. Mm. Um, the last time I was there was maybe three or four years ago. Um, I, I went back there for my brother's retirement ceremony. Um, he followed me after I went to the Navy. He followed in, but he finished his 20 years, whereas I left the Navy and, you mm. know, went on to study and go to college and, you know, mm. uh, become Muslim and then studying other, other things. So, alhamdulillah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I don't go back often. Um, I, I have connections back in the United States with uh, family members. Uh, mm. um, the majority of them are non-Muslim. Um, I tried to help them out, especially through these hard times. So I, I understand what they're going through in that. And I see Islam is, is the only way that they're going to be able to deal with this stuff. Um, mm. Because I can see sometimes when they lose hope. Yeah. And so uh, sometimes I have to remind them with Islam, okay, mm. uh, on, listen, uh, the creator of the heavens and the earth, he doesn't create something that you can't handle. Mm. Okay, there's always hope, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the only time there isn't is if you go ahead and take actions into your own hand mm. that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the only thing that'll stop that is death. So mm. uh, let it run its course, and then in, mm. inshallah. So when you up. first so when you first came to Islam, it was a different world twenty twenty odd years ago. Yeah, yeah. So how did you learn about Islam? How, what, what was it like? Your, well, <laughs> your local Muslim community. <laughs> oh, that, that's an interesting story. So. When I first came into Islam, uh, I first went to uh, uh, the Indo-Pakistan, -Pak uh, India-Pakistan yeah. masjids. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I started memorizing Quran and that, and I had the same accents as they did. So, uh, like, for example, uh, instead of saying Dalin, I would say Zalin. And so mm. I had to... Later, I had to end up learning all of this over again because, uh, you know, I, I memorized it wrong with mm. the Quran. Um, but I, I started to go into the books of the Hadith and the Quran, and specifically the Tafsir, the understanding of the, the Quran. And I, I worked with many different ulama over the years um, and helped to refine what I understood and the knowledge of that. And I, and I still continue to mm. work with this. Um, we're in the best place that you can go ahead and have access to genuine knowledge. And uh, w one of my advices to my, my, my brothers and sisters around the world uh, with this is uh, take it little by little, okay? And digest as much as you can and just keep working on it. Um, and know that the Prophet Wasallam said that this is the religion of the middle path. So we shouldn't go too far to the left and too far to the right. We, we shouldn't go to the extremes out, mm. here, out here, which we're living in a day where you see a lot of extremes everywhere, mm. um, not only in Islam, but also in other avenues of life, whether it's the elections in America, Republican, Democrat, and you know they're vying across. Uh, we have these things also in Islam, so try to stick here in the center, okay? Um, stick to the books of Hadith and stick to the Quran and those that you know that are the correct scholars that are on that. 
Um, there's a lot of stuff that's been fabricated and mixed in there, okay? And this can confuse you. Uh, you may not understand it, and it may also cause you to leave Islam. I've seen, I've seen a couple brothers in that that came to Islam when I was a Muslim, when I first came in as a Muslim. Yeah. And uh, I've seen them leave Islam. And, and now they work, work on trying to discredit Islam and try to fight against Islam, and you understand? And they've went to yeah. this other extreme. Yeah. And, and, and some of the reason is because they've come across some of this fabrication in that, and this has caused these divisive issues in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, just take your time. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. bite off more than you can chew. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and the other thing is, is well, people just burn out and then just yeah. stop studying altogether, stop learning. Yep. And uh, not every, everyone's at different capabilities as well. Mm -hmm. you know, and not everyone is meant to be a scholar. Right, right. You know, yeah. you know learn yeah. how to worship and, and do, the, do your you know, obligations, mm -hmm. your daily obligations with your family and worshiping Allah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, yeah, and and to be honest with you, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's going to judge you about what you know, okay? Um, and what kind of intention that you've put mm. into learning it. Mm. Um, and you don't have to be, like you said, you don't have to be a scholar. You're not going to learn all of this stuff. Um, mm. And this is why we have scholars. They've learned it for you to help you out through this. Mm. Um, now, not saying that you should blindly follow the scholars of Islam, because they're human beings, they make mistakes also. Uh, just like all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, we make mistakes also. Um, but we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to overlook our faults and, you know, uh -huh. help out the scholars as they're trying to convey this message and help with the ilm uh -huh. and, and remove any doubt that is in there. Uh -huh. um, it's, it's not an easy, easy, <laughs> easy thing to do. Yeah. And uh, the main thing is, uh, you know, we have a responsibility to our families, to uh, to ourselves. Yeah. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran, He said, save yourself and your family from the hellfire yeah. whose fuel is men and stones. Yeah. So first we start with ourselves, try to save ourselves from this stuff, and then we go ahead and help our families out yeah. also with this. So, yeah. What are some of your hobbies? What do you get up to when you're not busy working, <laughs> studying, and family? Um, what, do you, what do you like to do with your life? I like traveling, you know. Uh, being over here in Saudi Arabia, you can travel all over. I go to I know, Malays, I know you like yeah, your coffee Omaha. and oud, and you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> my, two of my biggest ho hobbies. Uh, definitely coffee is the American side. Uh, I love coffee um, and different ways of making coffee. Um, oud, uh, this is the perfume, the aloes wood. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I've been to Cambodia where I go in the middle of the jungle and, and go... <laughs> Go cutting down trees and that. I mean, it's just, it, it became like a, a, a very strong addiction. I, I love smelling good. Uh, the Prophet Wasallam used to spend one third of his wealth on smelling good. Um, so it's just something, it's something he loved. It's something I love, you know. It, it kind of. That famous hadith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Tell us about that famous hadith. It's, it's the same thing. The same thing when, when, when um, I, I, lived, I lived among the Somalis for a long period of time in Minnesota. Yeah. So there's a lot of them. And so they would walk around with a miswak in their, in their mouth yeah. all the time. The Somalis were not. And all of the non-Muslims mm. used to say, man, why are they always walking around with a toothbrush? And I'm like, listen, I said, the Prophet, may Allah be pleased with them, used to love the miswak. Yeah. Okay, and so they loved the miswak because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved the miswak. I said, I think sometimes there's a time and a place for it, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand <laughs> that. I mean, all the time should not be there. Yeah, but but it's yeah. it's a, yeah. but I understand it too. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. um, 
So, yeah, other hobbies besides yeah. the, those two, uh, you know, I like sports. I like golfing. Um, the Saudis like to play a lot of football. No, American. Soccer or actual football. American, we call it soccer. Yeah. So but real the, football. Right? So they call it football in England and most of the yeah. East Asia. So um, yeah, you were, you were speaking about football the other day when I met you, and I was quite shocked that you was into football. Is yeah. many Americans. To, like, to, to be honest with you, I wasn't into football until I came here. Right. When, when I came here, everybody plays football. So well, then, I'm from Manchester, so yeah. that's, the, that's the home of football, right? The home of football. Right? Yeah. And then you'll see the Pakistanis on Yom Juma uh, on Friday. With we'll sit cricket. there with the cricket. Yeah. All everywhere across Saudi Arabia. Every yeah. single city yeah. they're in, they play yeah. cricket. Pick up cricket. Sure, no, I, I, I don't play no cricket because I'm just like, uh, that's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like the Pakistani version of baseball. Yeah. So, uh, But... Um, yeah, and golf. Uh, sometimes they're, they're building quite a few golf courses here in Saudi yeah. Arabia, uh, UAE, uh, yeah. Oman. You know, they have lots of beautiful golf courses. Yeah. So sometimes I, I go golfing and that with the, the guys and sure. we'll make a weekend of it. I have to uh, join you one time. You'll teach me how to... Uh, Inshallah, no problem. I've, I've, only, I've only really done a pitch and a putt. Yeah, Small yeah. courses, not, yeah, the, yeah. not the full courses. No problem. Um, but, you know, yeah. Inshallah. So yeah, it's nice to catch up with you. And uh, do you have any final reminders or anything you'd like to share with us before we leave? Sure, no, no problem. Um, just uh, you know, I want first I remind myself before I remind uh, our viewers, inshallah. Um, basically, um, take it easy, uh, enjoy life, but also re remember that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, He sees everything, He knows everything. Mm -hmm. So do your best have the proper intention, uh, do what you can to help out yourself and your family. Um, you know, basic stuff. Uh, don't ever give up hope, okay? Um, I just heard recently that um, there, there was a young, young lady in uh, Egypt uh, that committed suicide uh, because she had been bullied by people inside of her mm -hmm. school. Um, and so this is, this is a real issue, especially in the West. I, I'm seeing a lot of this happening. Um, I still get contacted from people in America, mm. that parents and stuff like that, uh, people dealing with issues, especially teenagers and stuff mm. like that. Um, always remember that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He loves you. He wants you to, mm. to, to worship Him and He wants you to live the best life that you can. So n never give up hope and you know, yeah. there's always brothers or sisters here that, uh, that'll help you out if you, you just yeah. confide in them. So, and, and, that, that's the basic advice because I, yeah. I, I know a lot of the youth are having a lot of problems right now. So, yeah, it's so. not it's not an easy time to grow up. No, no, very it's difficult. Really not. There, a lot there's of a lot of fit, yeah. lot of fitna, yeah. a lot of uh, trials and tribulation that are going to happen. If you happen. imagine like all of our youth, mm -hmm. all the crazy things we did, and all the mistakes we did, all the blunders, and how do that we just forgot about it, right? It's, it's, it's kind of gone, really. I mean, if you really dig deep in our minds, we can remember some of it. But now, like, literally, children are growing up with, like, you know, you, you talk about the records on your shoulders, mm. the angels recording. Yeah. Now you've got Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, yeah, yeah. everything's recording. Yeah, yeah. You know, and all your mistakes, all your, you know, everything, everything you're doing in life is there. And, it's, and you have to be aware, as, mm. as a youngster, yeah. that whatever you're putting out there, is going to remain with you and, and in public. And sometimes you know? that stuff in the future will come back to haunt you. Yeah. And, and uh, some of them have difficulty, you know, when they're confronted with this, this fitna, 
Okay, mm. they don't know how to deal with it, and the parents they don't know how to address it. Mm. They don't know how to support their kids and, you know, help mm. them through this situation. Mm. So, uh, I, I mean, the youth number one. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, and that it's never too late. That's yeah. number one. Okay, yeah, yeah. you can always do tawbah. You can always uh, repent for something. You could always turn back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You can ask your parents to forgive you or whatever it is. Okay, as long as you're there, you can take care of it. Okay, if you take a decision and say I can't do this no more, and you do the wrong decision in that, then you can't fix it. Okay, mm -hmm. and then to the parents, and then I, I would say to them, listen. Communicate with your kids. Always know what your kids are doing. Have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your kids. My kids are, are young. I have four, a four-year-old and a three-year-old, uh, and I talk to them daily about what happened at school, what did you do, who did you play with, what happened, what made you upset. You understand? Because yeah. I want them to know that they can come and talk to us about yeah. these issues and that. Because yeah. you need to have this communication with your kids, especially yeah. today, yeah, yeah. especially with the social media and all of that yeah. stuff. It's very important. Inshallah. Maybe we can do a podcast sometime about uh, some advice to raising children, maybe. No problem. Some of your advice on that. Jazakallah. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening to the Young Smokes podcast. Don't forget, go to the description in below. Support the campaign for our brother Yusuf and his family um, who have, uh, you know, Yusuf recently passed away. We're going to support his family and his children who are now technically classed as orphans, you know, we want to support them, make it easy in this difficult time. And also support the channel, join the channel, subscribe, like, share the channel. Jazakallah khair, assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh.